Welcome back to the Red Dice Stories. I'm your host, John, and this episode was spurred on by listening to an episode of the Clerics Wear Ringmail podcast. It was an episode published on December the 8th, 2021, so I'm a little bit behind, called I Hate Health Potions. And I'm going to talk a bit about my feelings on that very same subject. Cue the music. Okay, so I'm not going to go into a deep dive on what Taylor put in his episode, although I highly encourage you to go out and listen to it. There's a link to that in the description below. But very briefly, from what I got from the episode, and obviously Taylor let me know if I'm putting words in your mouth here, is Taylor made the point that OSR gaming has a strong element of strategy and that having easy access to potions somewhat negated the need to come up with creative solutions to problems. Because, you know, when you face like some mammoth encounter that seems like you can't just go in with the swords and fight your way through it, if you've got healing potions, you're like, well, maybe I'll take that risk because I can always chug a healing potion afterwards and I'll be fine. Whereas if you don't have that safety net, you have to sort of think creatively, oh, do I want to get into this fight? Do And obviously it doesn't have to be a fight, but you know, do I want to get into this encounter? Or is there a way I can work my right way around it? Can I give myself an advantage of some kind? Whereas Taylor is saying that the health potion actively discourages this creative thinking and is in actuality diminishing the player experience. Taylor also makes the point that it reduces the importance and the uniqueness of of the cleric it's not an exact analogy because as taylor points out early edition clerics don't gain spells at first level and it takes a number of levels for them to have access to serious healing plus they're not heal bots they have access to many different spells that may be preferable and enable these more creative approaches most cleric powers are supplemental and taylor wisely points out that the og cleric is based on that sort of hammer horror-esque vampire hunter also, if healing potions are available, it also makes sickness, disease, etc. in the setting unlikely because if potions are cheap enough to be available for first level characters, then although it might be out of reach of your average dung farmer, then anyone with a bit of money can probably get hold of a healing potion and therefore you don't really have to worry about diseases and sickness and stuff like that. And it just creates a lack of consistency now we're not saying that everything has to be realistic in dnd because it's a fantasy game but certainly for my mind and in taylor's mind it would seem from this episode there has to be a level of consistency within the world in order for the players and the gm to make meaningful decisions based around what is possible and what is not possible and i often use the the obviously overblown example of gravity we assume in most campaign modes that gravity works pretty much the same as it does on earth if you suddenly found out that wasn't the case how could you make judgments about how to travel anywhere you know when you step outdoors are you just going to drift off into the sky and float away what would you do but that consistency of knowing that yeah gravity operates mostly in the way we expect it to enables you to make informed decisions so consistency and verisimilitude which i know is a bit of an overused term but it is important in gaming otherwise if the player characters don't have any way of making meaningful decisions they're going to be sort of paralyzed or get into debates about the minorest of things and that can bog down your game and slow it down which isn't a great thing 
However, I've also listened to a number of episodes by Old Man Grognard, a.k.a. Glenn Halstrom, where he's talked about the fact that he likes having these sort of like dodgy little magic shops in his games, where you know you can get healing potions and such like from, but they're not really a sure thing. You know, they're sort of like the second hand fallen off a wagon. Maybe they work, maybe they don't. Maybe they have unintended side effects, sort of version of healing potions. And I like the sound of that. That sounds fun and interesting. There's an element of uncertainty. It makes them unreliable. It's not just, oh, well, we're going into the dungeon. Right, best make sure we take 10 healing potions with us so we know roughly how much healing we've got on us. I also have the good luck to be playing in a drop-in, drop-out game on Sundays run by Gavin Norman of Old School Essentials fame where we have available to us certain amounts of lesser healing. So... In this game, which is very dungeon-centric, you know, most of the sessions focus around exploring the dungeon. Then we leave at the end, you know, we do our little bits of sort of downtime in between it. Then we're straight back into the dungeon. So in this game, Gavin has made available a number of amounts of sort of like lesser healing and various bits and pieces. So in this game, you can buy what's called Quill Marrow. It's these sort of like seed pod-like things from a marsh reed. Costs 25 gold pieces a dose. You can chew them, which takes one turn, and it heals 1d3 hit points of damage. But you can only use one of those doses every 24 hours, and it takes a turn to eat and chew the quail marrow. So you're paying 25 GP for it. If something hits you and it takes you down to zero hit points or whatever straight away, you don't have a chance to to chew it it's very someone can't just pour it down your throat like a potion of healing if you're knocked out you have to be capable of chewing the quail marrow to get the benefits and you're only going to be getting 1d3 hit points every 24 hours so in this case it's less like a healing potion and more like i suppose emergency triage you know if you're lucky you might get three hit points if you're unlucky you're just getting one and that's your lot for 24 hours and I really like how this works because it means even if we even if we've got loads and loads of it in our backpacks, you cannot rely on the fact that it's going to save you all the time. At best, you might get a cheeky couple of hit points back or be able to negate some very minor damage, but it in no way takes away from greater healing abilities like those of a cleric, etc. Not, not that any of us are really high enough level to be. Uh, making use of those at the moment as taylor was saying in his episode you know clerics have to get to a pretty decent level before they get some serious healing and there's no guarantee they're going to take that option when they do because there's far more interesting and creative options for them to take so based around these three different ideas where do i sit on the sort of a healing potion vibe well it's no secret that i've never really been a fan of of magic shops etc in games you know i part of the appeal of uh, dungeoneering to me and dnd in general has been the quest to delve into these dungeons and these dangerous places because they're some of the few places where you can find those 
healing potions those magical items and you might say well someone had to make it to put it in the dungeon but in my mind and like i said this is just only my point of view but in my mind a lot of this is tied up with the idea of ancient empires that were probably more magically and scientifically advanced than the current world and that's why there's dungeons there because they're remnants of these crumbled and long forgotten empires and likewise with the magic items there may be things that once were commonplace in this more advanced sort of civilization but now the ancient old techniques have been lost and they're very difficult to discover they may be impossible to make or maybe there are a few people who can do it but it's only like but one or two like high level sort of npcs who exist in the campaign world and it's not just a case of you're going to be popping down the shop to buy your healing potions however i also think there's room as glenn was saying in some of his episodes and as i've said where i was talking about snake oil salesman in an earlier episode there are also there's also a sort of space in DD for people who hucksters effectively people who are attempting to like sell sort of lesser remedies whether they work or not depends on your game and the person selling it but lesser remedies that can sort of like i don't know maybe they cure a cold or they they make things uh, feel a little less painful effectively they're the dnd equivalent of taking a couple of paracetamol when you've got a headache it's not an instant cure-all but you know it might help a little bit although how much of that is psychosomatic depends on the specifics of your game so i think the ideal sweet spot for me is not to ban healing potions outright although they should certainly be rare and difficult to get hold of you certainly shouldn't just be able to load up on them before you go into a dungeon because i do agree with taylor part of the appeal for me with ADD is people coming up with creative solutions to a problem and if you can just bounce into everything with your broadsword and be like well i'm all right i've got 16 healing potions in my backpack i'll be fine then you don't really need to think about it too much and it smacks to me more of the sort of like the video game logic you know where like oh yeah i've got eight healing potions so all i've got to do is survive past this baddie chug a few healing potions and i'm ground onto the next encounter and there's nothing wrong with that for computer games it works absolutely fine doesn't really work as well for me with tabletop rpgs however i do like this idea of these dodgy sort of snake oil salesmen and the uncertainty that goes with like you buy a you buy a tonic off some random gimmer in a local village and he's like oh yeah this is a this is a renowned uh, healing tonic you buy it off them and then when you go to chug it in a dungeon when you're in like a life or death scenario the gm says all right roll me a percentile dice to see what the effect of it is and then suddenly you have that additional sort of ratcheting up of the drama where not only are you injured but also now you don't know what this potion's going to do you have no idea if it's going to heal you kill you or have some other random effect but you're at that ragged edge where you've got no choice you've just got to risk it and that could be really entertaining so i think that's probably where i sit on this matter so i'm going to put a link to the clerics wear ringmail episode in the description of this i'll put a link to old man grognard's uh, podcast as well i'll also put a link to my previous snake oil salesman episode of this podcast check them out if you'd like to get in touch to tell us what you think about this uh health potion debate 
or maybe just chat about something else to do with RPGs, we might feature you in a future episode. You can leave a voicemail message using SpeakPipe or Anchor, or if you prefer, you could send us an email to oddrpgpodcast at gmail.com. So before I go, I just want to thank Taylor from Clerics Wear Ringmount, Glenn Halstrom, Gavin Norman, and all the other people who've inspired this episode. Thank you very much. Until we see you again, take care, everybody. Stay safe, and whatever you're playing, have fun. Mm-hmm.